0: Well ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Awakened Soul podcast. This week we have a first time guest, the host of the Film Tourage podcast, uh Miss Carolyn Carlin is in the building, so I want to uh, thank her for taking time out. Uh we have a great conversation. Um but yeah you know, I'm, I'm always just jumping in there. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I'm your host, CEO Hayes. If you want to follow me personally, you can follow me at CEO, H A I Z E. But more importantly than me, if you want to follow the podcast, make sure you follow that at Awaken Soul Pod or at The Awakening Soul Pod, just depending on where you're looking for us at. Make sure you follow the breaks media as well and go to thebreaksmedia.com to check out this podcast as well as all of the podcasts that are part of this lovely, beautiful, black ass network. I think I got all my plugs in there right away. Um, So we got uh, another episode this week. Just to let everyone know, we will be taking next week off, though. Um, So there will be no episode next week. Had to do some stuff for my uh, just this holiday break and mental health piece. You know, I told you guys I was going to try to be better this year about the whole um, taking some time away when I needed and not working as hard as fuck as I usually do. So, uh, but I'm going to be missing you guys definitely. Um, But yeah, I wanted to let you know that on top of uh, that, we got, our first couple of episodes for the new year already planned, the guests lined up. Um, the, by the time you're hearing this, some of those episodes will already be recorded as well. We're coming out the gates firing. I know the last like four or five episodes has just been me solo, so I'm happy to have another guest on uh, this week just to add a different perspective. Um, but going forward into 2020, just be on the lookout for um, a lot of new first time guests as well as a lot of series. You know, I've been doing uh, the series that I had that I finished out um, towards the end of 2019 with, so we'll be talking talking about a lot of we'll be having a lot of series just on topics with uh people who are um, professionals in those fields so we have like the entrepreneur um series coming up we also have the small business owner series coming up um so yeah we just got a lot of a lot of dope things a lot of dope people Uh, i do want to say thank you to everyone who's reached out i don't know what it's been i don't know if like someone like in a different group or something like commented or if i just got this podcast has gotten like noticed by whole new circles but i've been getting a lot like um i got reached out from someone in texas who actually wants to do an event with me um who actually wants to network and, and do those things but outside of that like i've had business owners reach out about sponsorships or just doing things we're working on a couple of shows here in columbus that uh people have reached out about it's just a lot of like love that's been thrown and shown my way from uh people outside of um of the normal like pattern family group or whatever and i think that that's important and so yeah that's that's a lot of there we're gonna i know that's probably one of the longest uh just code opens that we've had in a while but we're gonna get into our intro music on the other side of that we'll be getting to the end of mine hey segment all before we get into the discussion topic for this week so i'll see you lovely and beautiful people there
1: the following is a breaks media podcast
0: so in the minor haze my dark and twisted crazy ass mind i just love saying it uh but um this week it's it's really only a couple things on my mind um and that one is the impeachment and we know it's it's been going on um uh donald trump was impeached for those who don't know i hope you i hope if you listen to this podcast you would pay attention to that type of stuff um and you know a lot of a lot has been talked about about the miscommunication on exactly what impeachment is so he impeachment is not removal. He more than likely, as much as I don't want to admit it, as, as much as some people don't want to hear it, there's a very slim chance he's actually going to be removed. And, like, this goes back to kind of what we talked about, what I talked about a little bit last week, and that is really paying attention to what's happening out here in, in the media. The the Dems know that there's, there was a slim chance of him being impeached. They know, like, all of this is a, I believe, a ploy into making it look like they're trying to do something close to the election and to really try to give or make people think, oh, well, we really show out. We gotta vote Democrat. We gotta do this. We can get Trump out of here. Like it, it's it's a bunch of maneuvering and posturing um with with politics right now. There is little to no chance that Donald Trump's gonna get impeached. It's just it's just it's not gonna happen. Like I I would bet my money on it top dollar. It's not going to fucking happen. Should it? That's a different conversation. Um but will it? is the thing. No. And a lot of time and tax dollars and money are are, are going into this on something. That, and that's not to say that it shouldn't like what he did is what he did. We know that the, that the motherfucker is despicable in, in, in a lot of instances. And we know that sh- there are things that should probably get him taken out of office. That's not to say that. So I'm not on the side of, oh, well, he shouldn't get removed. Um, that's that's not what I'm saying at all, because I fully believe the motherfucker should get out of office. And I hope that we show up. But just being a realist, it's not going to happen through the impeachment process. It more than likely isn't going to happen in in this election either. It, let's just let's let's I, I'm not. And by no means am I saying let's not vote or anything like look, we need to get ourselves prepared mentally for the fact that we probably have four more years of Trump. Period. Point blank. Weirder things have happened. Hell, it, it, it looked like Hillary, by all means, was going to win the election uh, when Trump was elected himself. So. Like things can go different ways, so I'm not acting like it's bleak or we should just give up or we should not worry about it. Because you know, think weirder things—not well, weirder, but there's a possibility. There's a strong possibility that, um, not let me not say strong possibility, but there is several machinations in which Trump can get out of office, whether it be through the election. The upcoming election where they be through impeachment there's a lot of of different um permutations you can go through but we have to look at it right now and I think I ultimately I think what this impeachment thing is do, is going to do unfortunately is going to rally the, the his supporters even stronger uh, people who are kind of on the on the brink may even tilt more in his direction so I don't know. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's a lot of, like I say, posturing. it's just a lot of polit- politics going on. I mean, period point blank. That's what it is. This is what politics are. And this is why for the people who like do pay attention to politics year round, it, it's, 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 it's not really as shocking and we kind of can see where this is already going to go. But, um, off that I really, I just wanted to talk about it because it, it's definitely probably the biggest thing in the news in the last week. Um, I wanted to mention it. I, uh, talked to Dan Well, I, I tweeted Dan, from black law and legal I'm just, uh, it may be, hopefully they can uh get into doing a whole uh, episode on like what impeachment is or they'll get to talk about it. I think that's the platform really to kind of educate on what impeachment is for the people who don't know. And, you know, I mean, at this point now you're going to, it's going to be education through fire, I guess, like we're going to, for those who don't know who are paying attention are going to learn what that impeachment process is, is like now watching this. So, um, you know, education is, is important. Uh, we're gonna move into the last thing, uh, I think, unless I get on a tangent uh, that I want to talk about in the in the minor hay segment. Way more positive, way more good for the culture. Um, Bill Cosby returning to Saturday Night Live. Uh, some of the highest ratings that they have gotten in a while happened, and you know, Cosby. Cosby. Did I say Cosby? <laughs> it's because that's somewhere we're going now. I'm sorry, not Cosby. Goddamn, Eddie Murphy. Um, returning to Saturday Night Live. And he did all the hits. Um, and it's it's it was great to see. And the see have Dave Chappelle, um, Chris Rock, uh, Tracy Morgan and and Keenan all on stage together was a fucking great moment as well. Um and I had the tweet saying that I don't want people to miss out on like what Keenan and what he means to the culture as well. To have to have someone who um was a childhood star with all that in the Keenan and Kel show. And to really come back. And now he's the longest tenured uh I think uh permanent member on Saturday Night Live. Uh correct me if I'm wrong on there. Um, but to have him like have Eddie Murphy come back and do this was just such a great moment. And he fits in so well to see uh Mr. Robinson, to see Gump like uh, Buckwheat, like all all of them all of those characters coming back in. Uh yeah, I mean, it was it, it was a nostalgia run. And you know, if you guys listen to my other podcast, The Film Frequency, which I do with JB we talk about how like important nostalgia is in so in in just if you can make someone feel nostalgic about something you already have a hook in them and eddie murphy coming back to saturday night live was automatically nostalgic If he would have never touched any of his old characters we already would have showed out for it but the fact that that was that anticipation the fact that he did it so well i really hope that eddie murphy does another stand-up special uh he mentioned how they just finished um Filming coming to America too. Can't wait for it. Just everything about Eddie Murphy's like kind of resurgence, if that's what we're gonna call it, it's just been powerful, and you know I I love it. And you know it was it was just a great moment. Um, but to get into why I think I mentioned Cosby earlier because my mind's on something. So a spokesman for a spokesman for Bill Cosby, um, basically speaking for him, says that we cannot blame uh white people and kind of and not kind of, but he accused Eddie Murphy of cooning. First of all, why is anybody talking to Bill Cosby? Why is anyone? Why do we care what the fuck Bill Cosby have to say? Um, I just, I, I don't. First of all, Eddie Murphy has had absolutely roles in which I feel like if you wanted to use the being exploitative to black people or black culture or like just being a caricature of of black people, I I could understand if that was a critique that somebody wanted to go to. But to say that this was Cooning uh, for me on Saturday Night Live, anything in in regards to this is fucking ridiculous. And Bill Cosby needs to just shut the fuck up. Why? Like, why are we talking to Bill Cosby? Isn't he like blind or something? Couldn't he not even... Like wasn't that his whole thing he's blind so did he even get to see the um the fucking performance you're supposed to be blind you idiot so like I and I get it that Eddie Murphy made jokes uh to 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 Cosby but fuck it we're all going to fucking make jokes you're a fucking sick motherfucker and guess why we make jokes about certain motherfuckers like you it's because it does make it easier to deal with like so, so like shut the fuck up like that's what what I, all I really have to say about it Bill Cosby your spokesman anybody who's uh, like your whole fucking genetic line all need to shut the fuck up right now. So like it's it's just stupid. Like it was it was stupid. Like to say that it's Cooning because he made fun of you, like, no, you're a fucking idiot. You're an idiot and you're sick. Um, but yeah, I, I wanna I wanna I, I don't wanna harp on the negative because it was such a great moment. It's such a great time that I had like I used to be a faithful watcher of Saturday Night Live and I haven't really watched it consistently for years, but I was definitely gonna show up with Eddie Murphy returning. To Saturday Night Live. Fuck Bill Cosby. That's my my last thought on that one. If you if you feel some type of way about it, eh, I don't give a fuck. Um, it's my podcast. Don't listen. Uh, but we are going to go ahead and take a break. We're gonna get into a musical break. On the other side of that, we get into the discussion topic, and I will see you lovely and beautiful, sexy ass motherfuckers there. Peace. I need your energy. I-
1: all energy. This world
0: is killing me. Light it up. If you in me, feed. Light it up. If you in me, feed. Light it up.
1: If you in me, feed. Light it up. If you feeling me, feet
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen. You know I get excited. When we have a first uh, time guest on The Awakened Soul and this person is actually someone I met at Afros and Audio last year. Uh, they were on a panel, not one with me, but they were on a separate panel and you know Afros and Audio was just something that I've been talking about almost since it happened because it was just a great experience with just beautiful black people and so I'm glad that one of those black people can join me right now and I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself.
1: Yes, so my name is Karlyn uh, Crowley. I am creator of the Femme Tarage, which is a travel brand for women of color. Um, also through that, which is why I was at that, Audios, and is that I host the Femme Tarage podcast. Um, the Femme Tarage podcast features interviews with women who are on the road less traveled in some way. Maybe they have conquered some adversity, started a business, moved abroad, whatever. Um, we just... Share their stories, which is something that I wanted to do for a long time, and so podcasting is just the best way for me to do that right now. And I um, I'm just loving the journey that I'm on. DC. I don't know if that matters,
0: but yeah, I'm in DC. I didn't know you were based in DC. I love DC. Is is one of my favorite cities. I had my first first ever live show for my podcast was in DC, just because I love the city. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I love chocolate. Well, it's not chocolate city anymore.
0: So.
1: (laughs) like latte
0: but you know <laughs> <laughs> fair, enough, fair enough so what well how did you get started in the podcast like a from taraj is like such an interesting concept there's a lot more travel podcasts that are popping up but like i love the perspective that you have on it like talking to women and everything and you know no offense made but when i quote this but uh i believe you said you guys are just uh bad bitches who are traveling right is that the right word there you go there you have it so like um, go ahead
1: but yeah no it was i wanted uh space for women specifically we have some trailblazers who are african-american um that are creating co-ed spaces you know mm-hmm. we have Travel Noir, we have the Nomadic Travel Tribe, and we are starting to get. Um women who are creating like group trips and stuff for you know just for women of color, which is great. I just wanted a community where we could one, inspire each other to travel more and to travel more deeply. That that travel more deeply part is really important. And also to actually connect with each other so we can kind of move past like the tips and tricks and get more into the feeling. Mm-hmm. Of travel. Um, so that's why I wanted to create the community. So I was like, I think the first name that I came up with was like El-Tourage or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it was it was taken and it was very white. And so I was like, all right, well that ain't gonna work. So um, I hopped on the phone with some of my line sisters and I was like, listen, I need help. Like I'm about to launch this. I need a name. <laughs> So we just kind of stayed on the phone until we came up with the fence rash.
0: That's what's up. That's a, And it's a dope name. What, what's what been the most difficult thing in your podcasting journey so far?
1: Um, consistency, for sure. Okay. Because, it like, I work a full-time job. My dad launched a business. I do all the recruiting for that. Like, I had a lot go. And then we had, like, personal, like, family stuff. Like, at mm-hmm. the same time when I launched it. And I didn't even know all the parts that go into podcasting. Yeah. So I was just like watching because like I'm just I just it's something that I wanted to do so I just did it and for the first season I did everything myself um that's not my ministry <laughs> I need
2: help
1: I need to delegate so um, for the second season I recorded the entire second season and then the episode was just kind of sat. um in about somewhere until i was able to find someone to join my team and actually edit those episodes for me so the second season was done we're in the third season doing something a little different so i'm excited i'm happy with it now but um uh, in the beginning it was very
0: stressful it's listen uh, <laughs> um <laughs> yeah and that's one thing like with my podcast especially now that i do video too and, like it's i do everything right? from audio production video production everything and like i i it's so it's interesting to see how like different people have different flows for the podcast and there's no right or wrong way like i i'm not one of those right. people who shame people like you don't do it all yourself because this listen it is difficult and it takes a lot yeah. of time and like some people do need need that ability to just focus on creating and let someone else handle the ins and outs so there you go <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that at all um yeah What's been what's been the most rewarding thing about your podcasting journey so far?
1: Um, you know what? I am one of those people that is like, um, if people think I'm an extrovert, but I'm really not.
2: Mm.
1: I'm socially awkward and I'm very shy. Um, but I've just kind of learned to kind of force myself out there. Um, but doing the podcast has given me an excuse to like meet some really amazing people and just have, like, real life conversations with them. Because after the recording is done, like, you know, we're still talking. And um, I think that's been the most rewarding part because I I really, really, really love women. And so after someone, like, spills their entire story to me, mm-hmm. you know, we have this relatable moment. We're just able to connect and talk and chat. That makes me feel good. And, and I love that part of it. And I think that's what keeps me going, kind of, like, okay. in the past space
0: what's up um next question this is one that's just unique to you because i i even even when we're in apples and audio, you mentioned it how like it's all women in yellow like what does the color yellow represent to you because it it's clearly very very powerful to you yeah i, I mean i you know
1: well, as you can see like i have very chocolate yeah <laughs> But um, I didn't like that when I was growing up because I used to get made fun of a lot. And so I would just try to, you know, just kind of keep it simple, black, navy, maybe even some red if I was feeling jazzy, but like, you know, very dark, trying to blend in kind of colors. But yellow is like the opposite of that. Like there's no timid way to do yellow. Like you, you do it, you do it loud, you do it wild. And I mean, we just look so beautiful in it. We look radiant in it and so when it came to like the travel feed at first it was kind of you know just black women on vacation and then it was black women on vacation in yellow mm. for the feed so that's mainly what you'll see um and it's just um it's just a declaration okay. like we're, we're beautiful like as we are we don't have to hide behind anything and we don't have to be afraid to you know show off a little bit
0: there you so, go okay. yeah. it, it, it's definitely a statement when you see anyone in yellow and it's and it is. It's just it's something that I've I've come to learn like to have a, a brighter palette in the clothes that I wear because you should just be red and gray, grays and black. So yeah, yellow is a very powerful color. Um. So before we get into the topics and start getting into some of the stuff that we we're gonna actually talk about, I said I had a surprise icebreaker question on right here. Um okay. So you ready for it? I'm ready. Right. All right. So the surprise icebreaker is what is the the song and I feel like music always connects us. So that I always like the surprise iceberg is always music usually. What song makes you cry every time you hear
1: it? I'm gonna say The Battle is Not Yours by Yolanda Adams. Okay.
2: Okay.
1: Um I remember like the first time I heard that song, like it didn't really I just liked the song.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was very young, so I had I had been through anything. But as I got older and I Stay connected to the song, you know. You move into adulthood, and you know you experience more. Yeah. Like your problems are more complicated, and um that song always gives me just a little bit of relief because I know, you know, one, everything I'm going through is temporary, and two, I'm not alone. So that's one song keeps
0: me speak. That's what's up. All right, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> ah, let's dive into these topics for this this week's episode. So I. I kind of put all these together because I know like your platform is all about empowering women and the sisterhood of black women. And so I feel like one thing that us as men, we don't always slow down to understand is the importance of the sisterhood that black women have. And we don't really try to learn to that and develop that in our own brotherhood. So I wanted to talk to you about that aspect a little bit. Um, So the first, the first one is the first question is having a platform that focuses on building up women. What is the best and worst thing about how black women support each other or don't support each other?
1: Um, honestly, there is no worse thing.
0: Okay.
1: I, black women show up for each other and it, it, it like I've built my platform from scratch. I didn't do it with my friends. I didn't do it with like family members. Like I didn't have anyone, like I've had people support me, of course, like my friends and family support me. But, um, as far as, like, getting guests to come on the podcast, getting people to contribute to the blog, um, you know, getting people to let me feature them or to do um, Instagram takeovers and stuff, I reach out to Black women and they respond and they're always so supportive and they're like, we love what you're doing, we appreciate what you're doing, and they, and they just do it. And um, that's been my experience uh, in building a femturage, but also, just personally, I have... Been in a sorority. I have an extremely close knit group of friends outside of as well, and that has been my experience with Black women. Period is that we show up for each other, and we're kind to each other. We're supportive. Um, I mean, granted, there are people who won't like you, of course, but like for the most part, um, Black women is where I feel most at home, Um, and I can't stress that enough. Like they just have a way of speaking to you and loving on you and pouring into you that makes you feel like you can really do anything. So I don't really have a downside to share because my experience has been so good.
0: That's awesome. Do you like being in a sorority? How, how did that inform like your outlook on sister or just knowing how to build a sister? Do you think like that, that helped as well? Because not everyone has that experience.
1: Um, I mean, I think it definitely, um, Showed me that women who are different, who are thrown together by um, a thing, and not just because those are your natural friends, Mm -hmm. can still work. And, you know, some of my sorority sisters are my absolute closest friends. And so, um, I mean, it showed me the power of when women work together. I mean... I think it this year and the past year, uh, we were supposed to raise a million dollars in one day for uh, historically black schools, and we did that. Damn. So I mean, you know, if when and I think Felice, it was Felicia who was also a school assistant, okay. um, who said, you know, when women get together for like a collective good, I'm, I'm messing that quote up, but when we get together with the collective intention, like we make magic happen. And and again, that's been my actual experience. So
0: that's awesome. All right. Um, and I, I had the saying, uh I said I can't I think I said this on like last year sometime and I was like from now on we should always refer to when like black women are collected together as a majesty because magic happens every time they're yeah. together. Um, yeah. and I believe that. Uh, and so the next one that I have is are black men as supportive of our women as we need to be? And I think this is a question that I don't know how deep you're gonna get, but as you answer, I'm just gonna shut up and listen. <laughs>
1: I'm not sure when it became us versus them, but I feel like that's where we are right now. Um, What I would like to see is for both men and women to kind of get more into their vulnerable space and to start opening up to each other a little bit more. Um, I don't think it's that men need to be more supportive of women only. Okay. I think we need to learn how to speak each other's language so that all of us can get where we're trying to go. Um, I think when it comes to things like marriage and family and legacy, like that takes teamwork. We need... Both black men, men, we need black women and we need us to be together. We need to be able to come together in the same space so that we can do the work that God has called us to do. Um, I do feel though that I think a lot of people are operating out of um, a space of trauma Mm -hmm. and not a space of vulnerability and love. And so I think that creates like this like cycle of like brokenness. And and I want, um, I can't say that black men don't champion black women because I have so many examples of men in my life who do. Um, but I want to see more of what I get to experience. I want other women to have that too. And I don't feel like, um, I don't feel like that's the norm. Does that
0: make sense? No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I agree with you, especially when you said speaking out of a place of hurt. I think I see so many conversations like on the on the Twitter timeline or whatever. And it's like everyone wants to measure who has it worse or who's hurt worse. And it's like, why are we sitting there trying to argue about who who's been hurt the worst? Like we're both expressing yeah. our hurt. Let's try to understand it. And like uh, to piggyback off another thing that you said, which like we need to learn to speak each other's language. That resonated so much with me because it's like. I don't know, it's, sometimes it feels like we're both, like both men and women are crying out to be understood. And sometimes yeah. we, as we're crying out, we don't hear that the, our our counterparts are crying out as well and we try to cry over each other, so.
1: Yeah, I'm crying over each other, I, I think that's exactly what it is. And I mean, in an ideal world, we would both be able to, in an ideal world, we never would have had to go through whatever we went through as a society, right? right? <laughs> but we're here. So what I would like to see in the future is just for me to understand you, you to understand me. I see the value in you. You see the value in me and we understand that we got to work through this shit together. Yeah. Like we just, we just gonna have to work, make it work and get better. And I've seen it done very, very well. Like I have some guy friends that are married and they're amazing partners. Um, and, and I love seeing that. And it's not, only in romantic relationships where I want to see it. Like I want to see, you know, brothers and sisters being able to come together in business um, and in other areas of our lives, just socially, um, to be able to kind of lift each other up and keep going. I feel like um, I do have one pet peeve.
2: Okay.
1: Okay. there, There is a group of men, not all, but a group of men who has no idea how to be in platonic relationships with women mm. that they are not attracted to, and that that's where I feel like we we have like a problematic space. Okay. Um, and and not to say that women don't have their own issues, but there's a group of men who does not know how to respect women that they are not attracted to. They have, they have they know what to say when they want to sleep with you, when they want to be in a relationship with you, when they want to date you, but just to be your friend or to be your business partner. They really don't know how to act around you. Mm-hmm. And that's where I feel like, you know, men can use a little work. But, I mean, outside of that, I feel like it's just a lot of trauma on both sides. And I hope that, you know, one day we can just, you know, now that therapy is the new wave, I am hoping we can work through it and uh, and keep getting better.
0: I think, yeah, we're the first generation that really understands the importance of mental health and aren't afraid to talk about it. And I just, Mm -hmm. I I can't wait to see what that means to like. The generation behind us our children and and then our children's children of course because for so long especially in the black community what was it it was oh pray it away or it'll be okay or you know and 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 that has dealt or given us generational trauma that we are still dealing with stuff that our grandparents really didn't ever uh fix and you know I'm I'm glad that we're trying to get away from that and as someone who has my own mental issues that I uh need to get past and, and mental blocks that I hope that me now realizing that it's okay to not be okay sometimes helps my my sons uh, not go through the same thing I went through. So definitely.
1: Yeah. I mean, even like when you show up in your imperfection, I think that's still a good thing. Mm -hmm. My dad um, grew up in a situation that was, you know, kind of of volatile. There was domestic abuse in the home. Um, And he always said that, you know, someone can teach you what to do or they can teach you what not to do and they just do that by living and so even you showing your sons the process of what you're going through i think is powerful right because like they they're going to see that but they're also going to see you trying and that's going to mean something to them later when they're old enough to understand it
0: yeah absolutely at least i hope so especially my youngest because he is me through and through um (laughs) Mm.
1: And, you know what? It is different when you get, you know, when you turn thirty. Like, you know, I feel like your parents like pour into you and they give you all this advice and all these little tidbits and these sayings and these phrases, these values. And it's kind of annoying as a kid. And then you hit thirty, and you know, you got your own house, your car, your bills, your relationships. And then you have to start using what they taught you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: To appreciate it. It may be a little delayed. But
0: I guarantee they're 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 impressed by you. Oh well, let's let's hope
1: so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they are, they are,
0: don't worry. <laughs> so one thing that I do wanna ask you from the perspective I, I did this whole episode and it was about black male vulnerability and talking about how we can be toxic within our own brotherhoods. But that was a conversation between two black men and I want the perspective of a black woman on the What do you think black men can learn from you guys on a how to support each other and how to build a better and I guess more more fruitful brotherhood? Because I think like we have toxic brotherhoods where it's like, oh, shut the hell up, man. It ain't that bad. But like we really very seldom know how to console each other as black men. What do you what do you think?
1: Uh, I mean, I, honestly, I think we're all new at this, honest. Mm-hmm. Because black women went through a phase where it was not phase, we went through generations and decades, where it was just like, "Oh, girl, you got to be strong. Don't cry. You know, um, you'll get, you'll be all right." Um, it was that kind of thing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and it wasn't as open, okay, as you know as it is now. So now I can cry in front of my friends. Uh, there, there are. No boundaries as far as what is able to be discussed, how no matter how dark my feelings are, um, no matter how embarrassing or anything like that, it, it's open for discussion with my friends. Okay. Um, and you know it doesn't matter like again and the range of advice that i get from um it's okay i've been there too to girl get your shit together that all those conversations are happening okay um i remember a classmate had uh his wife had a miscarriage and back in the day that was taboo like nobody you don't talk about that as like, don't tell anybody you're pregnant until after the third trimester because, you know, miscarriages were so common. You know, we had no idea that miscarriages were a common thing. But, you know, social media makes things different. um, And he shared that. And a lot of our classmates poured out to him with their story. And I think that is one strength that um, the younger generations, millennials, and all of us are bringing to the table is that we don't have to be shamed anymore. So I think Black men are doing it in their circles. Black women are doing it in our circles. Um, And it's getting progressively more open and more understanding and more compassionate as we go on. I don't think it's a situation where I think you're either progressive or you're not, or you're working towards being more progressive or you're not. I don't think it's a situation where Black men necessarily need to learn from Black women. I am actually... um, very proud of black men in my generation for being able to be more vulnerable and open and you know being able to show non sexual intimacy towards their friends, you know, just being able yeah. to like each other and, and cry in front of each other. That makes my heart so full. So I love seeing that. Um and I do feel like I'm seeing it more often. So I don't feel like y'all need to learn from us. I just feel like we just need to, we all just,
0: just need to keep, to keep. progressing. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. Um yeah, all right, good. That's a that's you a know, great perspective i think well i think too it's it's kind of the circles that that it depends on the circle you're in because I, I like my, my my best friend this is my brother i've known him for jesus like 14 15 years at this point um brian i mm-hmm. me and him would have a terrible time at trying to console each other but but <laughs> but for example like jay from just say words to somebody who i'm just meeting and really like over the last year getting closer to if I was having like a bad mental health day and I like needed to cry it out, I could pick up the phone and call him. And it, like, so just, I feel like it depends. Like, I feel like, yes, there are a lot of us who are more in touch with our feelings and, and can be more vulnerable, but there are some of us who are still kind of stuck in that old way. And that, yeah. I mean, that's universal I mean, though. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I
1: feel like, I feel like that's normal. I hope that we just keep going and we just normalize being open and being vulnerable. I mean, you know, we have the whole angry black woman stereotype. And I think some of that comes from, you know, us not being, we're able to express anger very easily, but not necessarily um, express hurt. Mm, okay. Someone said that to me once and I was like, I was like, Ooh, that's me. <laughs> and that was years ago. But when she said it, I was like, I'm going to work on that. And so you know, it took it took me a long time. It took me a couple years for me to be able to say, "Hey, like you hurt my feelings. Yeah. Oh, I'm not angry. You hurt my feelings." And um, the first time I was able to say it, that was that was a big deal for me. So, like I said, it's not just it, it's it's not just y'all. You. you know what? I was on because I'm single. I was on. <laughs> <app>. <laughs> I was on. I was on the apps and there was, I screenshotted it because it was so damn ridiculous um in his bio this guy was like let's go out on a date not here to find no texting buddies i'm educated 420 friendly no drama first of all if anybody has no drama in their job their bio they cheat a lot <laughs> <laughs> is that
0: is that the standard that's hilarious
1: oh, if you say no drama, why are you saying no drama in your bio? Right, like right up front, like before before anybody speaks to you you say no drama, like that's weird <laughs> <laughs> like of course there's no drama just be regular, like what are we talking about that
0: is so funny
1: <laughs> he's like, do not hit me up if you can't FaceTime his video and if you aren't born a female meaning if you're a T word, don't be messaging me. I don't know if that word is appropriate to say. It sounds offensive. Yeah. I don't know if you it. Um, don't be messaging me. Don't make me remind you of what you are, so stay in your lane.
0: Oh, that's all types of toxicity in that bio.
1: Thank you. Okay, so we, still, <laughs> <laughs> so we still have some of that going on. And like, I mean, I'm just an innocent bystander on Twitter. I feel assaulted <laughs> emotionally. Like here's here's what I want for people to do because first of all, are you struggling with your sexuality at that point? Why is your hatred deep? Um, but where, what place are you operating from and like what are you putting yeah, out into the world? Like, that's a lot of negativity. Like I feel like, you know, your little dame bio, you're just supposed to say like the fun stuff you do like, right? Yeah. You know, I don't know, drop a witty one liner in there. Like why are you so deep right now? And that's what I mean when I say that, like some people are operating out of a place of trauma. Yeah. Um, you you haven't dealt with things in your life, so now you gotta hop on uh, Tinder or Black or Match or Hinge or whatever you're on, um, and act like that and it's wild. Like, but there's some healing that needs to take place on both sides. You know, I don't know what being a woman's files. I'm sure men have some wild stories too um but that's that's kind of what i mean when i say like i want us to like come together because like there's some negative stuff
0: in his body that's I mean, deep right? like yeah that's crazy yeah that's a really condensed toxic toxic bio right there that's
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was like bro, why are you so upset today i mean i hope he's not randomly one of your podcast listeners that would be just just oh
0: my- man. well we're gonna shift gears uh i kind of the next question was about your uh most difficult thing about being a creative but i already asked you that so this is i'm gonna gonna change it a little bit um and Mm -hmm. ask you how do you or if you do turn off being a uh, creative like how do you decompress from being a creative Uh,
1: you know what that's not my struggle i don't have any problem with it at all i uh go to work and i go to work and you know I have so much other life going on, and sometimes I'm always thinking of ideas. So I usually have like my notebook with me, mm. and I jot my ideas down. But I've never really had a problem separating that. Like people like think I'm a workaholic, but I'm like a fake one.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> like
1: if I gotta work a sixty hour week, I'm gonna work a sixty hour week, and I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get whatever done that I need to get done. But when it's time for me to go on vacation. I'm not that bitch checking my email, <laughs> and taking my work laptop. Like I'm not with that, and I draw those same type of boundaries with, uh, you know, with the femsurge. Like if I'm not
0: working, I'm not working, and that's it. I I wish I had that that what you got, because I I I'm sorry, I don't know how to turn it off, and this is something. It and it's getting worse. Like I am I like you I have my notebook, and then I'm always like thinking about like my brain's always going, or I see something, I'm like oh that can be content. like one day i swear to god i'm sitting there minding my own business and it went from me seeing something about like i just saw like an interaction between like this dude like bumping into this woman and not saying nothing and moving and then i went into like my brain went into like how men still sometimes like some men still see women as like subservient and that's why they don't like and it just it just went into this whole it went into this whole thing and i'm looking and i'm looking at it and by the end of it i have like this four paragraph note on a future episode, I'm just like, it should not be that deep, bruh. It shouldn't be that. Deep.
1: Well, I mean, okay. I don't see any problem with that. Okay. You gotta, you gotta write it down. I think, um, what has been helpful for me is that I set milestones. Okay. For the day, for the month. And I say, this is what I want to achieve today. If I've achieved all of those things that I wanted to get done for the day, I can go to bed guilt-free. I can watch Love and Hip Hop. I can watch any trash I want. <laughs> you
2: know,
1: I can do whatever with my night if I've met my goals or, or my little, you know, my little milestones or whatever. So that that's what's been helpful for me. I don't know if that will work. I don't know if that will solve your problem, but I can turn my brain off and go to bed guilt-free because you know what actually that that was a source of anxiety for me i always felt like i'm forgetting something i'm missing something there's always more that could be done because again like i I mean i got 14 jobs (laughs) I, I i have the blog there's the instagram i have the team they're submitting work um and that is a lot it's a lot and um you know, there, there were there was this phase where I was like going to bed with anxiety because I was like, oh my god, like there's so much more I could be doing, yeah. and then sleeping. And I refuse to be that person that's like, oh, like I have to stay up and work until 4 a.m. on my craft, or or else I'm not legit. Like I'm not doing it, okay. <laughs> <laughs> i was watching um i was watching love and hip-hop and she was like i can't believe you woke me up on my fat girl sleep." that's me like do think I, 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 I gotta go to bed and i still take a nap during the day so you know i may have a lot but if i set milestones and i feel less anxiety and less guilt about resting
0: And that's something I've had to learn uh, this year because in so in my first year and a half of doing this podcast, which is like what, like, let's say 60 weeks or whatever. In that in that first 60 weeks that my podcast existed, I I created and released 90 episodes and I was just like, "Bruh, what are you doing? And like, I I could never (laughs) shut it down. Like this was this was my this was my first time, like taking off like a whole week and being like, look. I ain't I ain't got an episode for y'all this week. I'll see y'all next week. And being okay. Like I used to feel guilty about doing it. Now I'm just like, you know what? There is a whole hundred and thirty something episodes. If y'all miss me that much, y'all can go back and listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no,
1: it's crazy. I mean, at the uh at the podcast festival I was talking about coming up with something that's sustainable for you.
2: Mm-hmm. That would
1: not have been sustainable for me at all. I was like, girl, you need seasons. You, I gotta do. I gotta do little bite size seasons. And at first, my seasons were gonna be like twenty episodes. I was like, "Girl, 10. There okay. you go. Because <laughs> that's what you can do. And even then, it was a long time between um, the second season and the, the first season and the second season when I could actually get them out. And now, again, back to sustainability, I can't do all that editing myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I outsource the editing. That leaves me a little more breathing room to do you know more interviews and maybe expand the format and get into video and you know stuff like that but before it was it was not happening
0: i needed help <laughs> <laughs> and that's good that you that you could re- recognize that and admit it because like some people would be like so stubborn and like i have to do it so you know like i said this cre- this creative thing there's a lot of different ways and avenues and and you know I, there's some people that do shame and maybe I, I can't remember if i was ever like that they would be like well, you don't you don't edit your own podcast like look i know my strengths if you ain't like it's cool the content and is- also
1: there's no prize for your struggle for okay there you go if you like why are we struggling <laughs> like, if you can if you can afford an editor get an editor there you if go you can- figure out what's what's
0: if you don't mind the editing sure. but if you're if the editing is stopping you from
1: doing what you like to do then yeah i, I mean and we're i feel like we're I the only people.
0: My <laughs> we're we're the only people who put that on ourselves like the only podcasters is because like tv personalities they're not directing and editing their own their own tv shows. so like why do why should Jimmy we Tyler
1: doesn't even write his own You're right. You're right. It's podcasters, and I don't know what they think we will get out of um, struggling like this, but it's very ghetto.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. So you mentioned goals. Uh, One of the last topics that we have are goals for 2020. What goals have you set for yourself in
1: 2020? For myself, just personally? Mm -hmm. Um... I mean, my goals for 2020 are pretty simple. I want to love harder. I want to travel more. And I want to make more money. That's it. Mm -hmm. I never, I mean, I used to do like New Year's resolutions and stuff like that, which I think is still, you know, good. A good exercise just to think about how you can use the energy of the new year to like, you know, move closer to your goals. But that's all I really want. I think that in the past, like three or four years, like I've had some very rough experiences and everything is finally just settling down. And so I don't want a lot of movement, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a lot of change. Um, you know, I'm just in a, in a really, really good, happy place right now. And I just want to maintain that and, you know, just keep loving on everybody in my life who I love right now. Um, I love to travel, obviously, because I started a travel brand. But um, I wanted to do more of that just for me. And, um, I mean, life is easier when you have more money, period. I don't care what anybody says. Hold on. Kingsley, sit down. I'm coming. Um, life is easier when you have more money, so I want more of that, too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, last, last thing we got is an yeah, opportunity yeah. for you to ask me anything that you want to ask and then that's it for today oh, you know
1: what I forgot we were doing this <laughs> what do other people usually
0: ask you I, this is like what very, very few people get this opportunity to ask me anything oh my so. god I'm <laughs> <an opportunity.
1: laughs> um, okay. I'm mean, how many questions do
0: I get as many as you need <laughs>
1: this is a building question so one, why is it
0: that you do what you do I do what I do because I originally got into this because I wanted to have conversations that our our culture didn't have publicly and I wanted to have them public um and on top of that I feel like this podcast is as much my my journey uh through my growth and just putting it on display um for example like I I did a whole series on uh deconstructing transphobia where I had
1: um Mm -hmm
0: transgendered men and women come on the podcast and like talk about everything and in me doing that it's because there was at one point in my life that I would have been looked at as homophobic that I would have like I would have, would have considered myself homophobic so because of me wanting to a break that chain because I didn't know why I felt that way and and actually learn about it I, that was the perfect reason like why I started this podcast so it's really just to grow have conversations and you know, to improve me and hopefully help break some mental chains for some other people as well.
1: So this is a question I ask a lot of my podcast guests, but I kind of want to ask you too, is what legacy do you hope to leave? The thing that you can accomplish that will make you feel like, yeah, I did life. Like I did a good job.
0: I hope that I a leave in my children. um, I leave them like people who, just look at the world differently and look at the world from a place of understanding. Like they just want to keep understanding, but overall I hope my legacy is, um, someone who just, who didn't judge and loved people. Like that's what I ultimately want my legacy to be. I
1: like that. Um, I, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you feel like black men are better fathers than they are lovers?
0: Absolutely. Cause I think there's a there's something in our, in us that, You know, how many black men or men in general do you hear say, oh, well, I didn't really understand how to respect a woman until I had my daughter? Like, like, I feel like a lot of people say that. And I think that we inherently have this thing because we're that generation that didn't have our fathers. I had mine, but generally we didn't have our fathers. Like we hold on closer to our kids than maybe the generation before us. And but we still haven't learned To love ourselves so it's hard for us To love other people like we haven't learned to love Our imperfections so it's it's hard To really embrace and love someone else when you don't love Your own imperfections you definitely can't understand Theirs
1: mm. What do you um You asked me questions about what I feel like Black men should work on What do you feel like black women can work
0: on <sighs> Oh god You're gonna get me murdered on this one Um <laughs> as i would say um to not automatically paint paint men as um we're bad communicators and just realize that we just have really different ways of communicating and try to understand not necessarily you have to conform but understand that there's a difference in the way that we that we communicate and try to help bridge that gap on both sides and i think that's ultimately where a lot of it is we think you guys nag Y'all think we don't communicate enough, and it's like it's it's pain behind all that. So yeah, I'm,
1: I'm a little bit surprised because I thought we just all agreed that y'all were terrible
0: communicators. Uh, right. uh, like no, nah, that's <laughs> the thing is like, like I get that, and I hear that so much, and it's like really, I think we we really do like we're not. I don't want to be. I don't want to make this sound negative. I think women talk more from emotion. Not saying y'all emotion emotional. I think you speak more from emotion and we speak more from um not really it's not a lack of emotion either i don't know it's hard to explain i just feel like we just really communicate i feel like a lot of times we're saying the same things but we just look at the world or look at the conversation differently like men will have that attitude of if this really what you mad at get get over it and we don't slow down to think okay regardless if we think they should get over it or not there's hurt there and i think that it's the same way both both on both sides
1: okay I think that's
0: a separate episode <laughs> yeah there, there you go we now we now we have your second appearance down, too. We'll talk about it <laughs> anything else? I can't
1: think
0: of anything all right that was those were some great questions, especially <laughs> for you to come off the top of the head. you had me sweating there for a minute. Um, <laughs> well your exactly, well, in closing, mm-hmm. go ahead and give them your social media, tell them where they can follow you uh get your see your blog and all that good stuff before we go
1: yeah so every t- every, every t- everything every <laughs> everything, everything is the filmtourage. so you can find me at the filmtourage on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm gonna use my Facebook, but Instagram, Twitter, and then to follow me personally on Instagram it's at Carlin D Crowley.
0: There you go. Thank you so much Thank seriously you. for taking time out today and doing this I know. No, we kind of scheduled a few months ago and my schedule got crazy and i messed that up um so i'm i'm, I'm thankful you weren't just like oh no i'm not scheduling nothing with you again player, so i appreciate that.
1: i'm like that with my days but you know I- be
0: nice to you <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully I made up for it this time uh, for the listeners you guys know where you can follow me you can follow me at CEO Hayes that's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E you can follow the podcast at Pod, and you can send us any feedback questions comments concerns pod at gmail.com this has been another episode we're out Yeah.
2: this is a message from the mother
0: let's go girl she told
2: me to tell my brother she loves you and I do too Yes, yes <laughs> Cause you're my superstar You're my super-
0: You're loving in a braver way, I wear the aura of a king, and dream of a love supreme, as a child I was told that my love is king, see what it can bring to the lives of those, that ain't afraid to give with their souls exposed, golden rose, you color my reality with balladry, allowing me to love like a child of